What's up, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, and Austin Sear here with episode 88 of the Fantasy Whisperers. We're breaking down week 10. Yes, I said week 10 game previews right here. Let's get it. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're back. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Thursday, November 7th, and you're listening to episode 88 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Austin. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, and of course, our rankings. And new for 2019, we have our Patreon account. So head on over to patreon.com and search the fantasy whispers to check us out what's good guys welcome in week 10 is upon us and so as we do every week uh we try to well we try to do every week uh we get in here and we're going to dive into like our top five matchups of the week also give you some under the radar plays some under the radar fades and, and things of that nature so welcome back in austin we always love having you brother and i believe by the time we're listening to this, you probably already have your two-minute drill out. Is that correct? That should be the case. Got that two-minute drill in, running through every single matchup. We see this week in Week 10, basically giving you the starts and the sits, speaking as fast as I can while still giving you content that's usable. Um, all the teams done in under two minutes. Check it out. I, I yeah, Johnny, can, so... I can confirm uh, they will be able to have already seen this the two-minute drill. It is Perfect. So the, yes. they just got to... Uh, Circuit. Subscribe on on YouTube, isn't that right, Johnny? Subscribe yeah. on YouTube, the Fantasy Whispers, as Austin was alluding to there, and that is great. We're going to try and get Austin rolling back in the Whisper perspectives as well this week, uh, which is another you know interesting take on higher level uh, topics within the NFL. Also diving into what that may mean for your fantasy football roster, but just a lot of fun to get those rolling back out. So I'm excited. Yeah, for me that too. As well, um, as always, before we jump into this Week Ten slate of games and action. Uh, we are going to go into some news and notes. Isn't that right, Austin? That's right. And they are brought to you by Fanatic. It's where Fanatic is where fanhood meets IQ. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. Fanatic has done some amazing work to help their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcasts, episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates all within the app. Head on over to the App Store on your Apple device and download today. Sweet. So uh, jumping right into this news and notes, Austin. What do we got on the slate? Brandon Cooks is out this week. We know that. He's going to visit a specialist over there in Pittsburgh. He's coming with the team, but he's not going to be playing. Um, this could really mean good some good things for that third wide receiver. I saw him. You pick him up in our league of record. Yeah, Josh Reynolds uh, did some big things for the Rams last week. Uh, that could mean uh, some extended time for him. We'll see if the Rams use their bye to improve some of the communication on their offensive line to let some of these plays develop down the field. Uh, Goff has been very hit and miss. But you just feel for a guy like Brandon Cooks who, and for the entire team, they were really excited to acquire Brandon Cooks when they did from the Patriots, and now he's he's seeing some uh, concussions. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I hope he makes it back before the end of the year. We'll stay tuned for that one. Over in Arizona, Cardinals running back David Johnson said he is definitely playing. I am 100%. Johnny, you buying this? What does it mean? Uh, I, I, I do buy that he's really close to 100%. Who knows if any football players 100%, you know, 10 weeks in, you're going to call the BS card here. But 
I will say that they do plan on using him quite uh, quite often in this game. I actually do think that they will not give him a full workload because they don't want him to re-injure it or you know have that risk there. So Kenyon Drake, look for him to get a, a good amount of plays in this week. All right. Over in Cincinnati, uh, longtime fantasy stud A.J. Green was set to make his debut, but then he had a holdup at practice. Didn't practice today. And nobody has any idea what's going on. Maybe yeah. Travis does. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't claim to know what's going on over there, especially with any number one wide receiver. It was funny in our League of Record group chat. We got to talking about how, you know, maybe there's an A-B situation brewing here. I don't think it's that dramatic or that bad, but we did have the coach come out to the podium and say that A.J. Green would be practicing this week, getting ready to play this game. And then he did not practice. So monitor this closely because A.J. Green is not a contract year but is going to be catching passes from Andy Dalton for the first time, you know, in his career. And is it even Andy Dalton? Yeah, Andy Dalton's being right. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, catching passes without Andy Dalton for the first time. You know, career. and if he is in that contract year, either if he could come back and ball out, that's a good thing. But if he's setting himself up to be in a for position the next team, or, or yeah, if he doesn't, if he comes in for the remaining games and doesn't look good, it's not going to help his contract situation. Exactly. We'll definitely stay tuned to this moving forward. Uh, Malcolm Brown is trending in the right direction, running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Johnny, what does this mean anything? What does this mean? This means uh, I have no idea because before (laughs) Malcolm Brown was playing, he didn't look that good. And you saw Henderson. He looked like the more explosive running back there. Uh, So I honestly think that Henderson has earned his spot as the backup running back here over Malcolm Brown. But I guess they like the depth. Uh, there's always a scary situation there with uh, Todd Gurley. Most definitely. Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard. Um, they're considering placing him on IR. Yeah, this is another scary one, similar to the Brandon Cook situation where multiple concussions in their career, going to see that same specialist or at least a specialist uh, regarding the concussions. The Giants considering IR, and you, how can you blame him? He's had multiple concussions just this year. Uh, was cleared last week on Friday. Saturday woke up feeling the symptoms again. Sunday they they said no go. Um, it's looking like you know Shepard's season is either over or he's going to see even more missed time. Yeah, your brain is super important. Best of luck over yeah. there. James Conner running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Trey Edmonds did not practice. Well, Trey well, Edmonds. Yeah, it looks like Trey Edmonds didn't practice, but Conner was limited. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... This kind of uh, goes in line with what Tomlin was saying at the beginning of the week. He believes Connor should perk up by the you know middle of the week and be limited, and then he ha- he's optimistic he will play, but he did not make any bold predictions, uh, basically talking out of two sides of his mouth there by Mike Tomlin. But we will see what happens with Connor. He didn't practice at all last week, so limited is a good sign. Limited is a good sign. Speaking of limited and ramping up, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes listed as a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Johnny, it looks like he's going to play, but are you expecting any regression, a little bit of a uh, a muted performance perhaps from Mahomes and the playmakers, or are you full confidence ahead? Um, I mean, uh, there's also that uh, there's always going to be that hesitation with will he re-injure that will the kneecap uh, fall, you know, pop out of place again. Uh, reports are saying that by holding him out this extra week, he could have played last week, but there was mm-hmm. about a 40% chance that it would pop out uh, or re-injure, I should say. And then this week, they're saying if he just waited an extra week, 
So until this week, it would go down about about 15 to 20 percent chance. Uh, so there it, it gets it diminishes each and every single week. That's why they were. What's the percentage of just like a regular person that their knee's going to pop out playing football? God, you hope less than one, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, probably. I, I mean, it's just interesting to to think about that. Like, if if you, I don't know, if he's coming back from it, he's obviously got re-injury risk. But like, what is your king right. pop out uh, yeah. percentage? I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I mean, Kyrie Irving suffered this a few years ago in the finals. He had the same injury, so mm-hmm. uh, it is something that definitely you're going to be worried about and and hopefully they don't put them out too early that's what you're really hoping if you're a fantasy owner hopefully they don't matt morris certainly know uh patrick mahomes but he has not looked bad no amari cooper over in dallas a wide receiver is he expected to suit up travis are you in on that uh this is yeah i mean you have to be cooper is a threat to go off in this offense at any point he's he's shown great rapport since he came over to dallas with uh, Dak Prescott. So if you're an owner of, of Amari Cooper, you love this news. But I, I do wonder if this is a situation that's going to be the story of the rest of Amari Cooper's season, the the foot, the knees, things that are just continuing mm-hmm. to add up for him. And I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of Michael Gallup uh, going forward with with the fragility of Amari Cooper. Right. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for the Washington Redskins, earns another start, they say. Positive steps. Do you see that? Did you see that, Johnny? Uh, That's really frustrating. Uh, The one nice (laughs) thing is that uh, they do have a really nice schedule coming up for the next six weeks um, or five weeks, I should say. So uh, that's something to monitor. You certainly want uh, Case Keenum in there, but... If they're going to put Haskins, hopefully he can get that connection over this bye week. It is interesting to know what truly is Case Keenum going through. Uh, is he still in the concussion protocol? Concussion protocol? Uh, are they benching him? What's going on there? It's something that's definitely going to be needing to know information coming out of the bye. Definitely trust the doctors in Washington. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you set your clock by that diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, staying in Washington, Redskins released running back Craig Reynolds today, making some room for Darius Geis. Remember him? Uh, he's activated to the 53-man roster coming out of the bye. Interesting news. Is going to mean anything? Adrian Peterson's done a pretty good job. What do you expect to happen right now? Well, they say, you know, the best friend of a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback is a strong running game. Also, Mm -hmm. you know, a tight end. But in this case, I think with guys coming back, he's a guy, unlike AP, is going to be in on a lot of passing down work, too, because of his ability to catch balls and as an athlete. So I think that as long as Callahan really likes what he sees out of guys, he should slot guys in ahead of AP and AP would be then used to spell guys. And so, yeah, you know, Johnny talked about the schedule opening up. Geis was an interesting ad for me in a couple leagues a couple weeks back because, you know, we talked about on the waiver, this this could happen and the schedule could open up. I think that interim head coach Callahan is going to do whatever is going to give him the best chance of looking good at winning games. Right. Whatever that means is what he's going to do. And like, I, you know, no disrespect to Adrian Peterson. He's a Hall of Famer. He's done really well in any little stop where he's been doubted in this back end of his career. But right now, they need to see what they have in guys for the draft, too. Yeah. Because right. guys has now been multiple multiple injuries and he's flashed greatness or flashed, you know, some juice, I should say. But now they need to see if it's a second round pick and they still have no idea. Yeah, they got to see. Adam Gay said that Le'Veon Bell has a knee slash ankle injury after taking that hit late in the game. MRI showed nothing structural, but he's pretty sore today. Wouldn't practice. 
Uh, Johnny, are you thinking that this is going to be a game time decision? Is he going to play? Are they going to set him out? There's um, really definitely <laughs> something to monitor throughout the weekend. If he does sit below Powell seems to be the backup running back there. Uh, who knows? That could be Ty Montgomery as well. They did add Josh Adams as well on uh, from the, to their active roster. So that is a little concerning. But, again, continue to monitor this to see exactly how uh, injured he really is and if you need to get him out of your lineup. And if you are rolling with one of those backups, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens hints that Kareem Hunt could hurt Chubb's touches. You buying into this, Travis? I wasn't uh, at the beginning of the year because I figured it didn't make a lot of sense if the Browns were doing well that they would bring Hunt back in and then curb Chubb. Um, but at this point, Freddie Kitchens has done nothing to you know, appease my mind that he's going to do logical football. Sure. <laughs> so at this point, he's saying what he's going to do with Hunt and bring him in. And Hunt, you know, I love Chubb and he's great, but Hunt is the better pass catcher. And mm -hmm. this is a guy who led the league in rushing as a rookie. So we need to really take this. I think it's it's more about how it hurts Chubb than how it helps Kareem Hunt mm -hmm. at this point in that offense. But I think, yeah, we, we need to monitor this very closely. Yeah, Chubb has done a really good job, but they're really they're not in a playoff hunt. They're not steamrolling yeah. ahead or anything like that. You might as well get to see what Kareem Hunt brings to you. I agree there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the Colts, says his knee feels significantly better. Do you feel significantly better, Johnny, about Jacoby Brissett? Uh, I do not. It looked pretty painful. Uh, what happened? It, you know, he got a little bit of the bendy knee. Uh, never like to see that for certain. So definitely continue to monitor this as well. Brian Hoyer looked decent when he stepped in. I always like Brian Hoyer. So, uh, but this is definitely something that we need to monitor moving forward. Wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen. His hamstring is giving him some problems. He's expected to miss week 10. Travis, do you think this is going to continue to to stick around or any idea? Yeah, they're saying the it's not a long thing, but this is the same team that told you Dalvin Cook's hamstring last year wasn't a long-term deal either. So at this point, we don't know with soft tissues. We do not know what a, how long a hamstring will take. Sometimes it's two weeks, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's six. We really just don't know, and I think Thielen is somebody that you you have to hold as an owner. But I don't mind you, you know, clearing that space out because we just really don't know. Yeah. Quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton, has been placed on the injured reserve. His season is over. Maybe his career in Carolina is over. Mm. Maybe his career with football is over. I don't know, Johnny. What do you think? Yeah, it's certainly looking that way. You know, a lot of teams do need a quarterback. A lot of, you know, Bears fans are screaming in their microphones, why didn't we trade for Cam and all this stuff? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams, as we as we know. It'll be interesting to see if he's done, if his career is, you know, kind of diminished. We've definitely seen that over the last couple of years. So uh, it is looking like Cam Newton will no longer be a Carolina Panthers, and this is now run CMC's team as if that was a question before. It is now squandered. Yeah, there's whispers here about this. It's an interesting one for me because the Panthers would be set to only write off about two million of his contract if they cut him loose, right? But you, but they're getting him at a bargain right now. Really, he's I think he's like the 13th or 14th highest paid quarterback, mm -hmm. so 20 million a year for next year. So why not keep him on there? I know Kyle Allen's been good, but like keep him on the books because somebody is going to pay Cam Newton more than 20 million next year. I, I just don't see a but can quarterback you really have team him backing him up. Like I just don't see that necessarily happening it's just a, it's a fat it's going to be a fascinating one to watch we'll see what me. cam newton how his ego how his mind 
everything there. All I have to say about that is Cam Newton is a below average accuracy yeah. quarterback who is mobile, yeah. who is no longer mobile. Yeah. So yeah. Do yeah. you do you do you want that on your team? No I, longer mobile. <laughs> Nick <laughs> Nick Foles is going to be starting at quarterback for the Jaguars. Coach Doug Marone just said Gardner Minshew. Great, nice story. Back up to the backup role. Uh, Johnny, do you support this? Travis, what do you think? Um, so I think they have to uh, monetarily make this dad move. Supports this. I think he's <laughs> probably to come over and open up a can of whoop ass on Doug Marone. That's what I, I wouldn't think. doubt it. Um, <laughs> he's probably been drunk outside of the Jaguars' like, gates. Listen, for like man, now him like listen, I don't even know his dad. Like so. Jaguar man. Alcohol yeah. issues are no joke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. They have to probably do this move based on the contract they gave Nick Foles and yeah. the guaranteed money they they gave him. Um, Minshew, basically Nick Foles' deal is such that they can probably get out of this deal after two years and not hurting their cap so much. Mm -hmm. But do you think the Jaguars are going to bench Gardner Minshew for two years? I want to know how long Nick Foles' leash is, how, uh, what we're going to see with Nick Foles before they go, okay, we need to see Minshew again. This yeah. one's really interesting to me. I think the Nick Foles starting is the right call, and we'll see and learn a lot more every yeah. opportunity we get here. Jordan Matthews, wide receiver, now for the Eagles. Uh, they're bringing him back on familiar yeah. face does this mean anything i'm not too sold on this meaning much i think honestly what will happen is most of what's been happening and that the tight end see a ton of targets alshon jeffrey if he can get back healthy we'll see a ton of targets and miles sanders who they've been using a lot at the wide receiver position because howard's been doing so well as the rusher uh miles sanders from time to time gets good receiving work so jordan matthews has been relatively useless for a little bit of time now yeah all right. Well, that's the news and notes. It was a little meaty today. We're in that point of the year, of course. So we'd like to thank Fanatic. If you have an Apple device, get over to the App Store today and download Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. And as always, if you like the show, if you're listening right now, uh, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. And then also, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe. Um, and without further ado, we're going to jump into the top five games for week 10. And so... Before we jump into this, just remember for your fantasy lineups, for your frame of reference, for your knowledge, so you don't get mad at us for not talking about these players <laughs> or ranking them, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, New England Patriots, Washington Redskins, Philadelphia Eagles, Denver Broncos, and the Houston Texans, six teams on by. We're breathing a little bit of that sigh of relief. We don't have to go too crazy into a full slate of games, but we're, we're going to miss them on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. But uh, anyways, we're going to hop into this first game. Austin, what's our first one on the slate here? Los Angeles Chargers at the Oakland Raiders. They're playing this Thursday night over under is 48 and a half. Oakland's favored by one. Man, I like this one as a Thursday matchup. This game has the makings of some potential exciting plays. Yeah, it's defenses, offenses that should be, shouldn't be, have been. Who knows? It's a big wild card game as far as I'm concerned. I like a lot of the playmakers. I love what we see over there with the Chargers having Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Big Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Phillip Rivers is doing his thing. And over there in Oakland, Josh Jacobs is back. Tyrell Williams has caught a touchdown almost every time he's played. He's going to be in the lineup. Um, and Darren Waller's a, a big tight end over there. I'm excited about this game. Johnny, are you excited about this game? What should we be looking out for? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hoping, you know, for my own fantasy team that Austin Eckler doesn't do very much in this game. And I hope that it is the Melvin Gordon show. But it's looking like Melvin Gordon is getting more and more carries uh, as he, you know, comes back from his holdout. 
but they are still using Austin Eckler and the vast majority of targets are going to the running backs for the Chargers. But I want to note uh, that Keenan Allen, I think that this will be a bounce back week for Keenan Allen. He hasn't been uh, very nice to fantasy owners since, you know, week three where he was, you know, last popped off as a wide receiver and and showed us what he really could do. But we talked about this several times during the offseason that Keenan Allen often does this where he will go long stretches of not scoring you very many fantasy points. And then he'll string together quite a few weeks where he does, you know, put up elite wide receiver numbers. And I think it starts this week. Uh, against an Oakland Raiders defense that is giving up the sixth the most passing yards to opposing wide receivers. So uh, Keenan Allen not on the injury report so far this week. I would fire him up against these L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I think you made a good point about how bad Oakland is against the wide receiver. I think Mike Williams, I think Keenan Allen, and really you talked about the running backs as well. This offense seemed to get going a little bit last week against Green Bay um, at home. Uh, they played against Green Bay and kind of shocked, you know, shocked everybody a little bit, got Green Bay in a trap game. But the offense, especially Melvin Gordon, started to look good. You saw Mike Williams finally get his first game over 100 yards in that game, which is kind of shocking. He's mostly been a touchdown maven, but he's yet to score, I believe, this year. Um, he might have uh, – I'd have to look that up. But the the bottom line is he's getting decent amount of yardage, and he could be a touchdown uh, positive regression candidate. And this is a good a spot as any going to get, uh, up against Oakland. Do you want to talk about how Oakland's been the eighth most over the last month? Oakland has allowed the eighth most fantasy points per game to the running back position. So you like that for Melvin Gordon and even Austin Eckler really high over under 48 and a half. Uh, and with that money line being at, at only one Oakland favorite here, you like both teams mm-hmm. to get into that action. And so, Johnny, we move on to the Raiders. We talk about, you know, what's your biggest uh, storyline or biggest thing you're looking out for on the Raiders side of the ball? Yeah, it's actually going to be taking out and benching Derek Carr. Now, uh, maybe not a lot of people are, you know, have Derek Carr in their lineup or, you know, if it's a two quarterback league or they're looking at streamers, there are six quarterbacks on a bye this week. So you might be looking at that quarterback, you know, waiver wire. And I would say bench Derek Carr this week. It looks like a nice, juicy matchup, but. Although randomly, Ryan Tannehill take him out of this picture uh, and what he did in week seven where he topped over 20 fantasy points. But outside of that, the Chargers haven't had one single quarterback go over 11 fantasy points against them uh, since week three. And that does include uh, Aaron Rodgers last week, who did not cap that either. And uh, Derek Carr has been hot, like I had uh, referred to. He's had multiple touchdowns in the past uh, five out of six games. But this week, uh, I I think he'll cool off. So I would be sitting Derek Carr if you're thinking about streaming him. Yeah, for me, it's Josh Jacobs and the story of this guy progressing throughout the year. We've seen him be really good. We've seen him, you know, PFF grading him as the number one most elusive back in all of football. He has been solid. You'd like to get his receiving game worked more, but we I just talked about how the Raiders have been over the last month against running backs, and Oakland's been, uh, or I'm sorry, and, and the Chargers have been worse. So we've got the Chargers in a situation where if they want to kind of ease the pain of what they saw the Packers go through last week against uh, Melvin Ingram and um, Joey Bosa 
in that pass rush. They're going to have to attack that by running the football. And I think that makes a good matchup here for Josh Jacobs. And so I'm really excited to see how this offense, you know, Gruden took a lot of flack over the last year and a half uh, from some of his decision makings. He's actually got this Oakland Raiders squad squad playing some really good offense. And you think about what they could have been if Antonio Brown hadn't gone crazy like that. They could have been one of the top five offensive squads in this league, just based on some of the numbers they're putting up. So that's where I'm at with that one. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this Thursday game. Could be a really good, good one. Should be a fun one. I I like that one. Uh, The next one we're going to talk about is the Kansas city chiefs at the Tennessee Titans over under 48 and a half Kansas city's favored by five and a half starting off with the chiefs. Uh, Travis, what are you looking for right now in a Chiefs team that is probably going to be getting Patrick Mahomes back? We've seen Damian Williams rise back onto the number one spot in the running back spot over there, but it changes all the time. Sammy Watkins had a decent week last week, but who the hell knows about that guy? Yeah, I mean, who the hell knows about basically the running backs or what's going to happen? What we do know is that getting Patrick Mahomes back means an upgrade for these these players. So if you're getting decent production out of guys like Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, even Damian Williams now with a Matt Moore, the ceiling has now extended a little bit further with Patrick Mahomes back in the lineup. And I, I do want to talk a little bit about Damian Williams. Since LaShawn McCoy's third quarter fumble, the touches for these running backs – uh, this was in week eight in their loss against the Packers. Uh, LaShawn McCoy fumbled in the third quarter. Damian Williams now has 21 touches to Shady's four and Daryl Williams one. So really what we've seen is that Daryl Williams is now getting volume of an RB one again in this offense. Is it going to stay? I have no idea. Like anybody has as good as guess as mine, but I do know that this is the upside you know, Damian Williams now is starting to regain a little bit of that upside that we took him in the second and third rounds of fantasy football drafts for um, because of, of this offense, getting Mahomes back. Um, you could see the way they work him in the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, McCoy can catch, but Williams is a pass catching specialist at the running back position. And so you you could see the, the ceiling kind of reforming for Damian Williams here. Johnny, do you have um, other key points for the Chiefs that you're looking at in this matchup? Yeah, I, I just do like the the wide receiver matchups here. Tennessee has been a defense that, you know, has been pretty good for fantasy purposes. And, you know, they've been locking down some wide receivers. But you look at the matchups that they're saying Tyreek Hill has against LaShawn Sims. He's been giving up uh, a ton of yardage to wide receivers. Uh, and that mismatch, according to Pro Football Focus, is actually an 18%, which is, is pretty high for a wide receiver uh, to be in the bonus there. And even... Even um, you're looking at, you know, Sammy Watkins, Logan Ryan will be matched up against him. Or at least that's what they're they're thinking, uh, which is a, a plus eight percent matchup right there. So I wouldn't be fine if, if Patrick Mahomes is going. Uh, I would line him up in this in this game at least as a flex start here, especially with six teams on a bye. All right. With the Tennessee Titans, we've got uh, Ryan Tannehill has been behind center the last couple of weeks. That's going to continue. Um Jonu Smith has been at the tight end position with um uh with uh tight end, excuse me Delaney, Delaney Walker. Walker thank yeah. you Delaney Walker Jonu Smith Delaney been coming Walker in forgot um, Hunter Henry though has been that only consistent <laughs> presence with the Titans what else should we be looking out there for Travis what are, what are really we... the pass catchers should get increased usage here because of the the fact that Mahomes will be back so you're going to see a higher over under you're going to see a, a shootout potential happen there mm-hmm. But I really want to smash my play or my my shares of Derrick Henry this week. Only the Dolphins have given up more rushing yards 
than the Chiefs with a th- uh, 1,057 rushing yards on the year through 10 games. That's literally 100 yards a game mm-hmm. they've been giving up. So, I, you know, I think that if the, the Tennessee Titans have been watching the film on the Chiefs, so the way to combat, you know, Mahomes is to keep him on the other side of the field, yeah. control the tempo of the game, control the time of possession. So, yeah, I think if you have A.J. Brown and you've got six teams on by, if you've, if you've got Corey Davis and you're feeling like, what the hell, let's try it. Yeah, you're going to get a shot at maybe some upside, even Jonu Smith there. But I think the real play you need to be going for here, because Henry has been disappointing, and the and the Titans have had spurts with Tannehill or without mm-hmm. of an offense that just can't keep going, and he doesn't conti- he continues to not be used in the passing game. But this is a matchup where they've got to go all in on giving him the ball, you know, 15, 20 times. Yeah, oh, Johnny. I, uh, well, I I would actually disagree on that one i i don't think that this is a derrick henry game i'm actually really concerned with derrick henry i think that they will be trailing once they are trailing they will be taken out of derrick henry's game script because he cannot catch the ball at all out of the backfield i think that kansas city has actually uh been over the last couple of weeks oddly enough been playing really good defense on the on the run front uh, their D line has actually stepped up in a big way, and so for me, I just fear that with uh, Derrick Henry, he's been rolling. I understand he's been a good uh, little fantasy darling, but if he doesn't get in the end zone, uh, we saw it last week. If he doesn't get in the end zone, uh, fantasy owners are left, you know, scratching their heads, saying, "Dang it! If I only had a little bit more from Derrick Henry," and I just see that happening again this this week. Yeah, I can see that for sure. He could get game scripted out, but I will say the Chiefs have have not been really good against running backs. Uh, they and, and some of that is who they've played, right? They played Dalvin Cook last week. They played Aaron Jones the week before. So, yeah, you could talk about they've played much more skilled backs. But I really think that if Tennessee wants any shot of winning this game, they'll have to lean on Derrick Henry this week. But I do understand the concern for Derrick Henry owners. I just think it's 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 if you can't play him against Kansas City, I don't know that you could be playing him against m- many other teams. I'll just flag that Derrick Henry hasn't had under 60. Derrick Henry's only had under 60 yards twice, and he hasn't had that since week six. Um, so, so yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's going to be, I think there'll be opportunity there, but I, I understand Johnny's concern about getting game scripted out and, yeah. and he has, like I said, he has not been used in the passing game. No, you know, no more all. than three targets. A game, and so, I yeah, you could see a lot of plays where Deion Lewis is coming in, you yeah. know, which defies all logic. Next game, Arizona Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over under 54 minus yeah. four and a half for Tampa Bay favorite in this one. Starting off with the Cardinals, um, we're dealing with a messy backfield a little bit. We know David Johnson said he was going to be back. Kyler Murray has done good things for fantasy purposes and decent things for uh, the Arizona Cardinals as well. Drake had a great game last week, but what are you thinking about that, Johnny? Um, I'm, you know, if I'm in a bind, you, like we said, we keep bringing it up. There are a lot of teams on a buy, so you're going to really kind of have to scratch the barrel on this one. But Kenyon Drake looked great last week, and he didn't. He carried the the vast majority of the load here. He looked agile. I always have known that uh, Kenyon Drake was a very talented running back, and so it didn't surprise me when he went off last week. There is some concern. This is a a tough matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the best uh, against the run. However, a lot of it has been due to game script. Uh, They have, you know, been up or in, you know, boat races with teams. And so therefore teams kind of abandon the run a little bit. Uh, So it will be interesting. The Cardinals do run a little bit differently than most teams because of where their offensive linemen are and how they're spaced. Uh, But 
it'll be it'll be an interesting battle here. But I would be fine starting both DJ and uh, Kenyon Drake in this game if I needed to. Yeah, I think just given the pedigree that Drake has with this offense and then the team, he's definitely probably going to be the one A in any kind of committee that happens if he's going to play. But I do think Drake has some appeal here. I mean, you look at the 19 touches last week. Obviously, he's not going to hit that again if DJ's active. But we saw Edmonds with DJ on the field kind of get some play there as DJ was kind of lumbering from the back injury to begin with. So I think that there's some there's some play for Drake here. We know he's a passing game specialist. We know that the Cardinals have struggled to get, you know, maybe a third option going in the receiving game beyond Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. And maybe that answer is running backs. We knew, you know, coming in, Cliff Kingsbury was going to get running backs, you know, targets and catches. Um, and now we're seeing that on full, full blast here. So, yeah, I do think Drake has some appeal. I'll just say, too, that the Arizona Cardinals have been notoriously – uh, uh, distracting in terms of their running backs health and have thrown out smoke screens um, with the intent of just, we don't care about you. Yeah. So just keep in mind that David Johnson said he's back, but I like that Drake spot too. Yeah. Johnny, Matt Barry, everybody getting in on some Arizona sports, talking to him about what's yeah. going on with their shade on fantasy football. So yeah, right. That's, that's some fun stuff, but yeah, I think this game, like, look, there's not a you know Arizona Cardinal outside of the you know the ancillary pieces that I'm not you know stoked about starting here. 54 point over under against Tampa Bay, who just took Seattle to overtime and literally everybody scored. Yeah. So like I like Kirk, I like Fitzgerald. I'm liking both the running backs if they're going. I think that uh, you know I think that uh, Kyler Murray is a great start this week too, especially if you're I streaming like quarterback. I think. This is a great game to be invested in. And so on that note, Johnny, taking it over to the Buccaneers side, like where where are you, where are your eyes peeled for this one? Uh, it's definitely going to be on the cornerback matchup of Patrick Peterson versus Mike Evans, which this could be a sneaky, a sneaky trap game for Mike Evans owners. Uh, and hear me out. Listen, Patrick Peterson got torched last weekend, uh, gave up uh, essentially the game to uh he gave up the game because he his play was so bad. And even the GM came out and said later on, you know, it wasn't Patrick Peterson's best day. And so I think he might take it as a challenge. He might come out here and and we've seen Mike Evans kind of uh you know, they kind of their playing styles are similar in that Mike Evans doesn't do well with bigger physical cornerbacks, and Patrick Peterson is actually better when he's up against a bigger physical running back. More of these agile wide receivers are the ones that tend to torch him a little bit more. So uh, it'll be an interesting case here. I'm not benching uh, Mike Evans, but I'm certainly, you know, tempering my expectations and and looking at this matchup as not so much as a, a plus minus as it, as it would look on paper. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be hard for you to bench Mike Evans. I do, I do think it'll be interesting to see how Patrick Peterson rebounds because – you know, he's getting roasted in media as not being himself, but we know that Patrick Peterson should still have all the tools to be an elite right. corner in this league. Um, yeah, that happens I, when I'm, you come off of PEDs, you know? You don't know yeah. how to react to the first. You're not on the drugs. You're not yeah. as good anymore. Yeah, right? maybe yeah. that was the whole – he had Michael's secret stuff the whole time. Oh, wow, you're not as good when you're not cheating anymore. <laughs> right. Weird. Weird. Uh, I think somebody that's is kind of having a little bit of a coming out party over the last two weeks um, and, and, you know, fantasy owners are rejoicing is Ronald Jones. Uh, we're actually seeing, you know, over the last two weeks, 29 carries. He had two red zone touches just last week. And Bruce Arians was quoted saying he's earned the right to start 
and play more snaps in this offense. You look at the metrics between him and Peyton Barber, who has now been rendered pretty much useless. Mm -hmm. Um, Yards per carry, Jones has 4.1. Barber's got 3.3. Yards per target, uh, once again, Ronald Jones 11.3 to Barber's 2.8. That's really bad. Uh, Yards per contact per attempt. 2.76 2.76 for Jones. Uh, you know, Barber kind of caught up a little bit on that with 2.7, but I really like what I'm seeing out of Ronald Jones and, you know, out of what Byron Leftwich is doing here to get him more involved in the offense. So I think that hopefully this is a sign to see more going forward. And once again, in this matchup, a lot of points, he could easily be. I mean, this team is going to consistently get up and down the field. They have the weapons to do that. Jones could be a nice guy that we're seeing to finally post hype sleeper kind of come out of this funk he was in and 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 do some damage i really like it ronald jones was a high drafted back coming out obviously very talented they've had so many issues the buccaneers that is with their coaching and their systems and Jameis winston is Jameis winston but when you bring in a guy like bruce arians a guy who has that ability to lead men and women and to just do to bring the best out of people yeah i mean i have nothing but positive things to say about bruce arians it was just a matter of time uh remember when he was with arizona and david johnson was the rookie running back and um uh chris johnson was the lead back and david johnson was the more talented guy but arians is one of those earn it if you're a rookie you're gonna have to earn it you're gonna have to prove it otherwise we're gonna give it to the older more veteran backs that's what we saw with peyton barber um i'm just glad to see ronald jones emerge into put his talent on display and to reach his potential a little bit more closely. And when we look at this in hindsight, really, it was, it really wasn't any doubt with a coach like Bruce Arians. It was just a matter of time. So yeah, what we've seen now too, is that this team is leaning, you know, more tides towards a Bruce Arians offense. We talk about how much he wants to push the, the ball down the field through the air. Yes, he does like to do that, but he loves a good run game. Like he Mm -hmm. is devoted to the run and we've seen that in all of his teams. And we're starting to see that a little bit with Ronald Jones now. Moving on, the Minnesota Vikings play at the Dallas Cowboys. Over-under is 47.5 with the Cowboys favored by three. I like this game. It's two teams that should be better than they are, but they can catch you at any point and make it the most exciting matchup of the week. This game, as far as I'm concerned, could be as boring as hell or the best one we've seen in a while. Uh, Minnesota, big playmakers and Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook. Uh, what do you think about this one, Johnny? Sticking with Minnesota first. Yeah, so I do have a little bit of concern with, uh, you know, starting Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins coming off a pretty good game, but Dallas's defense is actually pretty solid as well as you look at what Kirk Cousins is now missing. You know, Diggs has been known to uh, disappear, and Travis is going to talk about that in a second. Um, but also, you're looking at a guy who this is going to be on prime time. This is Sunday night, and and Kirk Cousins tends to shy away in these in these prime time games underneath the big lights. Certainly can get it done, you know, during on stats and on the paper. He might have a, a decent game, you know, completions wise. He he is completing it at an all time high right now. However, when you look at the the game script, I think they're going to run the ball because they're going to want to keep Dallas off the field and keep that uh, potent offense off the field in order to do that they're going to run a lot with Dalvin Cook so I think this is going to be a big Dalvin Cook game as well as temper your expectations a little bit for Kirk Cousins uh, this week yeah this one's interesting to me we're going to see what kind of what Dallas is made of a little bit in this one we've seen them kind of 
look to the next game. And they even had a little bit of that last week against the Giants on Monday night. They, I could see them kind of not taking da- uh, the Giants seriously and almost kind of, you know, taking a while to get warmed up. We'll see if they're ready. This one's at home. Uh, you know, the Vikings need this one really bad coming off a game they probably should have taken against Kansas City. Uh, they'll be coming into this game. And Johnny alluded to it, but Diggs, you know, when you look at his matchups against cornerbacks, you know, especially top cornerbacks in the league, um, he has kind of shied away from those moments. He's he's really exploded in, in good matchups, but kind of shied away in, in the tougher ones. Dallas fits that mold as a tough matchup over the last month. They've only allowed the seventh least. They've allowed the seventh least uh, receiving yards to wide receivers in that span. So you're looking at a situation where, you know, Diggs should get force fed with Thielen missing. But will it be a game, you know, where Dallas's pressure gets to Minnesota too fast for those downfield routes to develop? We're going to have to see. Do have a really decent over-under at 47.5 with Cowboys only favored by three at home. So really three points is what Vegas gives you when you're at home if it's an even matchup. So this is kind of a matchup I'm intrigued by. Uh, Austin alluded to it. But on the Dallas side of the ball, Johnny, what are, what are we thinking about their playmakers? Yeah, so I'm mostly looking at, you know, we got the information that Amari Cooper might not be able to play. So if he doesn't play, then I actually think that it it would be better for Ezekiel Elliott. But what I'm about to talk about is Ezekiel Elliott with Amari Cooper. And it seems like a lot of his, you know, 2018 production that we love, we had always, you know, beat the table and said, can we get Ezekiel Elliott more catches out of the backfield? And that happened in 2018. What we're not seeing in 2019 uh, are those same kind of targets. He's actually reverted to somewhat under four uh, targets per game, which was like he had two years ago. Uh, he's seeing you know, a, the majority of the rushing attempts, but not enough through the air to make him that super elite running back that we thought he could be and what he was last year. Um, when... Ezekiel Elliott doesn't catch out of the backfield. Obviously, it lowers his ceiling. Um, and you look at what the Vikings have done over uh, this season, and they have only allowed, on average, 86 rushing yards uh, per game, and they've only given up two rushing TDs to the running back position. So uh, it's definitely a little bit of a concern for Ezekiel Elliott owners. Listen, you're still going to start him. You're still going to play him. He should be fine, but he doesn't have that elite upside uh, that you might want or wish for that he still has not done one single time this year. Are we having fun yet? Are we having fun now? Johnny may be alluding to You don't own him. You? Yeah. It is is tough to look at Ezekiel Elliott and say, it it reminds me of a little bit of David Johnson last year Mm. where, you know, you're like, just frustrated with David Johnson the whole year. And then you look at the end of the year and he's the RB nine. Yeah. We're seeing a similar, similar situation with Zeke right now. You're looking through the year. You're like, come on, man, get it going. I want to see that pop, especially when you watch them play and he's ripping off seven, eight yard runs. It's he's running bit, the ball. Well, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating to see them not lean on him more, but this was what they wanted to do with Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator is say, yes, we want Zeke to be the motor, 
We paid him big money, but we also need to keep him fresh for the playoff stretch. We also need Dak to make plays because we've got other playmakers in this offense. I look at what's going on with this matchup against Minnesota, and they're not the secondary or the pass defense they used no. to be. And so that's where you can really attack them. And I look at the Cooper injury, and I go and I look directly to Michael Gallup, who we talked about a little bit at the top. Minnesota is allowing, you know, uh, the ninth most points per game to the wide receiver in all of two, two, 2019. Jeez. Um, and I think in, in, in the five full games that you've seen Gallup play, he's averaged nine targets, five catches, 84 yards, and, and almost half a touchdown. So I think this is a guy that's getting yardage, getting volume, and could explode in the back half of this year based on his role in this offense, especially Dallas's schedule is about to get pretty tough. They play Minnesota. They got New England coming up. I think they play Houston. So there's some really tough games in there where they're going to need to to push on offense and, and Dak and Gallup are nice plays going down the stretch. Gallup could game. definitely hit his stride moving forward. And dare I say, move into a Gallup. Oh, Gallup down the stretch. Well, and the thing to forget or to not forget about Gallup is that before they even traded for Amari Cooper, they wanted Gallup to be the Des Bryant mm, replacement. Right. Gallup was the guy drafted high in the draft. To Cooper came out of nowhere. Des Bryant. Yeah, literally came out of nowhere. Out of the closet was like, whoa. Hey, and you're like, yeah. So I think that Gallup is is a guy that you could really lean into in this game. Yeah. Moving on, we've got the Seattle Seahawks playing at the San Francisco 49ers divisional showdown over under 46 and a half. Monday night. Minus six points for San Francisco. Donna, Donna. Seahawks, man, they have impressed me across the board. Russell Wilson playing like an MVP candidate. Yes. Uh, Chris Carson doing his thing over there, running the ball extremely well. Tyler Lockett and his virgin ass are killing it. DK Metcalf <laughs> is catching a ton of touchdowns right now. They just landed Josh Gordon. Um, and he looks to be I'm, playing this week. He's going and he looks, saying he's going to Why the heck not? Yeah. It's like run and catch. Like, we're not going to think with any complicated. Here, here's I, the thing. He's just going to be the third option. Yep. He's not going to take away from DK. He's not going to take away from Tyler Lockett. He's not going to take away from his boys. He's going to be that third option. And who the hell cares about Jerron Brown? Like, I'm sorry. They're they're Yeah, they're going to stick him in in goal line situations. I think, I I mean, he might play a little bit between the 20s here, but I, I would imagine. You mean for most, this week for immediately? This, yeah, for this week. Right. I think that, um you know. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he gets a touchdown in this game. And I, I could definitely see them, you know, in their 20 yards out, 10 yards out, they stick him in. He's humongous. You know, every time you see him out there, he looks like a freaking linebacker lined up down there or a tight end because his uh, body's so big. And, you know, it's going to be hard to defend, right? You got DK Metcalf on one side, you got uh, Josh Gordon on the other, and then you got Tyler Lockett, you know, playing in the slot. And then you've got Chris Carson. These guys. It's going to be I'm this is the game I'm most excited for this week, uh, seeing this Monday night game. Uh, and it could also decide uh, my fate and fantasy. as a Packer fan. I'm I'm hoping that Seattle doesn't pull off what I think they're capable of and beating the 49ers before the Packers get to. Mm-hmm. I really want the Packers to be the Niners first loss. But this is a game I, like Johnny said, I'm fascinated with. This is the something has to give matchup of the week. Last week, it was Lamar Jackson versus Bill Belichick. That was the something has to give. This is it for me. Russell Wilson has been 
you know, world beater this year as far as a quarterback. He's been the number one quarterback in fantasy, and San Francisco has been the number two defense against fantasy quarterbacks all year. Did you say? Over the last month, 49ers have only allowed 6.89 points per game to the quarterback on average, where, you know, you look at what Russell Wilson's done in the last month, it's like this has been eye-popping. On the year, he's got 22 touchdowns, one interception, 68.3 completion percentage, and a 78.5 QBR. I'm really excited to see this from a football perspective. I don't think, you know, given the over-unders, pretty pretty decent for a San Fran game and their defense. And we saw Arizona with a mobile quarterback, a guy who can fling it, was able to get some plays accomplished against mm-hmm. that pass rush for San Francisco. So this one is going to be interesting. Now, San Fran's had a lot of time to prepare, but you could probably prepare all year and still not be ready for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ball, the 49ers, man, this is I, taking a moment here. A, after they've gotten Emmanuel Sanders, things have changed a little bit. But this offense was so damn weird. Yeah. They're scoring points yeah. with, like, no viable fantasy options. And I know George Kittle plays for this team. Like, yeah. he was fine. He's yeah. fine. He's fine. But he's bleh, right? Yeah. And well, he had been, yeah. They're scoring yeah. points. They're doing it with, like, seven different running backs. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even look that good. They're throwing it to all these people and like they're scoring, but nobody is worth starting. So it's kind of this weird thing, but it's shifting a little bit now, right? It's a clear one, a one B and Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda um, and Emmanuel Sanders looks really good. He worked my ass in fantasy last week. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, what I'm interested in is on the reverse side of the ball. We talk about San Francisco being really good on defense. Seattle has not been very great on defense not great. and they've, They've allowed, you know, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett to have these top five, top six years because they are allowing so many points scored against them. So Jimmy G, fresh off his uh, Aaron Andrews pitch, uh, will be going into this game to Did try you like that, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna like this defense that he's playing against. I know that much because this is a defense that's allowed a lot of points to the wide receiver, to the quarterback over the last month or so. But I, I I'm really interested to see you know, what the 49ers do with this backfield. We actually saw a little bit of Tevin Coleman kind of ceding some work to Matt Breda, who, you know, was banged up all week, but was, wasn't even going to play and then plays in that game and looks electric. So this is the most run heavy team. They're going to get, a, you know, uh, Staley back on the line. They're going to get use check back in as a fullback. Their run blockers are going to be fortified here and we could see them run all over you know Seattle if they're not careful and just get out of this game with a W. Johnny, are there anybody on the 49ers side you're especially interested in? Well, I want to talk reverse there just uh, about George Kittle. He has been, you know, a top tight end. You know, he hasn't even talked about Ezekiel Elliott hasn't given you that uh, that edge breakout game yet. George Kittle really hasn't either. He's not had that breakout game where he's gotten you, you know, the 20 plus fantasy points like he was doing last week or last year. And then you look and you look at this matchup, right? You, you know, Travis talked about it. Oh, Seattle's giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. And they are. They're giving up a lot to the wide receivers, but not very much to the tight end position. So, uh, George Kittle, you're certainly going to roll him out there, but I want you to temper your expectations over here. I'm starting to, I'm just realizing, like, I'm starting to become the guy who's just like the bad news Johnny. Like, I, I always just tell you guys to temper your expectations for these stars because uh, I'm doing it once again. But realize this uh, Seattle has only allowed. Uh, one tight end to top 70 yards this year, and that was Jared Everett uh, in week five. And they've only allowed three top 50 finishes uh, 
in this whole entire year. And you also have to remember George Kittle kind of got dinged up there in that Arizona Cardinals game. It has been an extended break because that was a Thursday night game. This is a Monday night game. So get some of that extra couple days of rest. I'm hoping as a uh, George Kittle owner that this uh, comes to be just uh, because teams were just throwing towards the wide receiver because they could and not necessarily towards a tight end position, but we'll see. I'm just saying temper your expectations. It's not looking like the best matchup. Those are the games that we are taught. Those are the games we are most excited for this week. If there's another matchup you're excited to see, hit us up in those DMs on your social media platform of preference or start your own podcast and call them out yourself. <laughs> we're moving on now to the quick start and sits, but really, they'll just hit us up. We love to talk about this stuff. Yeah, literally, for sure. we're doing exactly this. Or, you know, and you, you can start do your own podcast. It's we'll bring crazy. you crazy. Amazon will hook it up. You just need money and knowledge <laughs> yeah. and you can do it and then time and commitment i mean and a we, love were, we were literally talking about <laughs> fantasy before we started this podcast show we were yeah. talking about fantasy but crazy right just crazy. somebody decided to put a mic in a wild video wild yeah. camera it was really surprising the first time we found out yeah <laughs> Quick starts and sits. We're sticking with the same teams that uh, were with the uh, first team, Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans Saints over under 51 and a half. New Orleans is favored by 13. I'm going to run down these teams, starting off with the Falcons. Johnny Travis, you let me know. Start sit. All right. All right. Uh, Matt Ryan should be back with that ankle. What do you think? Low end. Go, yeah, I was just going to say that. I think you can start him, but you're tempering expectations. If you got another streamer you like better, fire him up. He's got the ankle and their down no disagreement julio jones gotta start him it's julio jones Uh, calvin ridley i think he's a flex uh wide receiver two to wide receiver three range i would say probably wide receiver three i would say him Uh, this week Devontae freeman uh you're yeah you're probably trying to find better it's hard to we know the saints d is good but this is the the running back ito smith who the hell knows what's going on with him brian hill who cares so like Dante Freeman, good. No volume. Yes. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, and Austin Hooper must start. Right. Yeah. On the other side of the ball with the Saints, Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm smashing all the flipping Saints in this one. You got to they're yep. heavy favorites. Drew Brees looks solid after that thumb injury. Alvin Kamara is going to be back yep. starting him if he's Sorry. back. Uh, Michael Thomas been the number one wide receiver in football latavius murray's the interesting one here because they were running really well with him in the lineup i i wonder if they go oh we've got something here to keep riding murray and bring kamara in on those limited touches that we know sean payton is not going to be you know any more intrigued to put kamara out there any extra after he just got dinged up what do you think johnny about Uh, i would flex latavius murray yeah and i'll just say full disclosure on that one i am a latavius but it's pretty difficult to deny what he's done these last several weeks while Kamara has been down great numbers across the board. And as the saints prepare for a playoff run and Alvin Kamara is coming off of a high ankle sprain, why are you going to be maxing out his touches heading into the playoffs when you've got a very, very good back back there? I think you're going to see those touches even up moving on to the Rams and Pittsburgh Steelers game over under 45 and a half with the Rams favored by three and a half starting on that side of the ball. uh, Jared Goff starter set sit. Yeah, I don't love this matchup. Pittsburgh's been really good over the last month. Todd Gurley. Uh, you got to start Todd Gurley, I yeah, think. And, he's a yeah. more of a RB2, though. Robert Woods. I'm, yeah, I'm fading I'm fading a lot of the pass catchers here, um, except for Cooper Cup. I think he's sure. the only one you lock. Yeah. And about Robert Woods, if you got to, but if you got a better option. Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't that always the story? Uh, Josh Reynolds <laughs> this is going to be the game when everyone benches him and he gets three touchdowns. Oh, They've been course. benching him for a couple weeks. So, Josh Reynolds. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, with the Robert Woods situation, yeah. I, I can't really advise getting him. I think he's interesting. Yeah. Let's see if that rapport builds up. But like you, here now. Yeah. Other side of the ball, James Connor. I think if he's active, you've got to roll him out here. Uh, they, he was the focal point of their offense for the last three weeks uh, when he was in. So, totally. And agree. I think. It's- with that backfield, Jalen Samuels? I think both of these guys can be a 1A, 1B if they're healthy. We've seen them both get usage. Uh, I wouldn't you know, love to start Samuels if Connor's healthy, but if Connor's not playing, you've got to roll Samuels out there. He's going to be the only guy on the field. Juju Smith-Schuster. Sitting. <sighs> Juju gonna, is so disappointing. He, he's going to be up against um, – now I'm blanking on his name. You guys just traded for him for our – from the Jalen Ramsey, Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey will be following him, shadowing. Yeah, and Mason Rudolph has not been able to push the ball field no. consistently. It's hard to turn down talent, though, isn't it? Yeah. Start somebody else if you got someone better. That's actually the advice every week, no matter the player. Yeah. Vance McDonald. I'd sit him. Here. Yeah, I'd sit him. I've got him ranked outside top ten. All right, love those breakdowns. Now we're switching over a little to something different. Under the radar plays or fades, Johnny. Um. I'll let you. I'll just take the floor. Uh, this is uh, under the radar play for me, and that's going to be Demont Parker of the wide receiver for the Dolphins, which sounds gross. I get it. But listen, this guy has been pretty productive for fantasy uh, since week four uh, of the fantasy season. So he has scored in his last four out of five games. Preston Williams had a breakout game last weekend. However, unfortunately for him, he went down uh, with an injury and he is done for the season. Therefore, Parker becomes essentially he was already the the number one wide receiver there. Um, but that just solidifies that he's got the most targets for the team and most air yards. And since week four, uh, Parker ranks wide receiver 17 in half-point PPR leagues. So fire up Parker this week. He's got a good matchup, and uh, and he could pay off for you. And his, his schedule moving forward is very, very nice. Under the radar play for you, Travi. I think that David Montgomery could see RB1 finish this week mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the mm-hmm. top 12. His touches have gone up each and every week. And then you look at Detroit who has been just getting gashed by the running back over the last month. Only the Chiefs and Panthers have given up more points to the running back position uh, than the Detroit Lions. So I'm really high on Montgomery. And and kind of going forward this year, he could have solidified a role as, you know, Mitch Trubisky declines. You see the running game trying to to Mm -hmm. keep up for this offense to keep going. Now on the other side, those under-the-radar fade. Johnny, who stands out to you? Um, I've said a couple here, but I'm going to say Robert Woods is going to be a fade here. The The matchup might not seem that scary on paper. However, he is not getting the amount of views and targets uh, that you would expect him to get or that he is known to get in past years. It's looking like it's just Cooper Cup. And even when Josh Reynolds came in, he got more targets than Robert Woods uh, did, So, uh, which is unfortunate for Robert Wood owners, but I would fade him this week. All right. And an under the radar fade for you, big Travi. Uh, I'm actually going to roll with Allen Robinson here. People of uh, the expert consensus ranking really has him high uh, sticking with the bears here. I guess I'm obsessed, but I really like, uh, you know, what 
Detroit's been able to do against the pass, especially with Darius Slay. Um, I think that the Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky struggle is not somebody I want to be trusting in my lineup, even though he is getting somewhat good target volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I just, I'm just not trusting Allen Robinson here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that does it for us today. Uh, if you've got any guys that you're really into uh, that you want to talk about, Whisper Nation, hit us in the comments like Austin was saying. Uh, hit a like, hit a subscribe, get us those comments, DM us. We're everywhere. We're watching you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are here for you. We want to support you, help you get those Week 10 wins. Uh, for Johnny Game Time Hicks, Austin Sear, I'm Big Travi. Head over to thefantasywhispers.com because we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.